FYI, this podcast contains spoilers. Hey everybody, welcome to episode 432 of the podcast that goes snicked. I'm your host, Jason, casual exercise venable, and I'm joined once again by Al Shredded Wheat Sedano. Hey Al. Hey Jason, how you doing? <laughs> Good, how are things in, in Sedano-verse? Oh, that's fine, just finished a bowl of cereal, so it's all good. <laughs> Very good. Well, this is a flashback episode, and we're gonna it's gonna be on the theme of Secret Defenders, which kind of works and kind of doesn't. I mean, obviously, we will cover the '90s series Secret Defenders one through three, and then Fantastic Four, three seventy four, and three seventy five, which says suddenly the Secret Defenders, but it's really just a rehash of the '90s FF team that Al was on to talk about with us uh, before. So. Yeah, but yeah, it has Doctor Strange too. So no. True. Sense. So that makes it Secret Defenders. Secret. Shh. No one can know. <laughs> no one can know. <laughs> oh man. So. Nineteen ninety-three. What a time. What a time. Yeah. Uh, let's see. I was. Well, this is beginning of ninety-three. All these issues came out like January, February, March. Yeah. Yeah, so I would not have been fifteen yet. So I was, I was still in the in the throes of fourteen. Um, we're actually coming to the towards the end of my first run of comic collecting because um, once I got my driver's license, I got out for a while. <laughs> well, similar here, sort of, because this would have been I would have been seventeen at the time. This would have been the second half of my senior year of high school. Okay. Well, I was still getting, but starting in the fall, I was going to college. I was, did not have access to the comic store I was at anymore. I didn't even have a car because right. freshmen could have a car there. So oh, I had okay. no income. And usually I would just go to the comic store and like I knew the guy for years. So like he would have me like if he needed stuff done, have me work for, like two or three hours periodically. Like, here you go. Here's like five bucks in credit per hour. Oh, nice. You know, organize this collection. Put this stuff away. Move this stuff around for me. So... I didn't have access to getting the stuff. I really had no more money coming in. And what little <laughs> money I had was, you know, pizza and beer. Right. Taco Bell. Yeah. <laughs> so I, mean, I wanted to get comics. Um, I think the Legion, the two Legion books were the only ones I was still getting at that okay. point. Otherwise, awesome. yeah, I kind of was dumb with getting comics. Not because I wanted to, but just because I didn't have the funds to do it. Yeah. I mean, I still had a passing interest and kind of kept up a little bit. But yes, my money was going towards gas and and food and and trying to be cool <laughs> so yeah one can argue how successful i was at any of that but um regardless that's exactly. where my money went i'm sure you were able to get gas perfectly fine <laughs> right it still would have been like what, 99 cents a gallon at the most back then i actually i think when i when i the day i started driving i and i filled up i think in in garland texas it was 88 cents so yeah, although think about that. That makes sense why a lot of the books from this period and earlier I have such a great memory of is because the only option I had like a year or two really was to just bring them, like bring some books with me to school whenever, you know, or when I was home and break and just read them over and over again because really couldn't afford to buy new ones. Yeah. You know, I was just looking because these came out around the same time as each other. Um, 
Obviously, oh, yeah. the, the Defenders 1 has the foil cover, which we'll talk about in a second. But even number 2 and 3 are more expensive than the, the, the regular price of Fantastic Four. Yeah, Secret Defenders is one of those books. You remember if you when you had the ad for the subscription in Marvel? They uh-huh. would have all the books at the one price, and then they have the other books at their higher price. You know, hmm. they had like the other, they're like the special ones. It'd be like Excalibur, we and be in there, and Power Pack, and I think Wolverine was part of that too. Yeah, yeah. And Secret Defenders, and a few other ones that weren't, you know, the, they weren't the main selling books, so they would always have them at a slightly higher price. Interesting, because I think Excalibur was always like higher price than the other X books. Yeah, huh. It doesn't necessarily equate to popularity, I don't think. But, yeah, that's interesting. Yeah, I don't know why. Maybe it was the paper? <laughs> Maybe so. Well, I think they were on, like, a higher paper stock or something. Huh. I don't know. Oh, no, wait. Or maybe. Because, I mean, stuff was still sold on the newsstand at this point. Those might have been the non-newsstand books. Oh, possibly. Yeah, Which I don't know. Which is why they were a higher price. Because they were not sold at the newsstand. Because I'm thinking of several years earlier when DC did their Baxter experiment. If you know what I'm talking about. I do not. What is that? Okay. Mid-late 80s, DC took three of their books that were pretty well selling. Legion of Superheroes, New Teen Titans, and, shockingly enough to people now, Outsiders. Okay. And said, okay, these books, we're changing the title now. We're changing it to Tales of the Team Titans and Tales of the Legion and Adventures of the Outsiders. And we're going to start a second new series at the same time. And they'll both be running for a year. The second series, will, the new series will only be on the newsstand. And then at the end of the year, sorry, I'm sorry, my apologies. The new series will only be sold on the direct market. And then okay. at the end of the year, the original series would turn to reprints uh, you know, from the newsstand, that would be just reprints of the direct market issues. Huh. So in other words, if you were able to go to the direct market, great. For a year, you had two books, and then you would drop to one. And if you were only able to get to the newsstand, well, just wait a year, and you would get these issues. Interesting. And I'm pretty certain that, like, the new, the direct market issues were higher cost. Huh. And I think they're even on a slightly better paper, but they're also on a higher cost. So I'm wondering if that was the reason for those issues, those Marvel books that cost more money. They were... Yeah. Just, just uh, direct market only. Yeah, I'm trying to do a quick scan. So this, this Defenders is 30-something. It's like 31 pages. No, it's the same page count as FF. Huh, interesting. Yeah, that's the only thing I can think of that's different, is that just because of the way it was sold. Huh, yeah, you're probably, you're probably right. Well, if anyone knows, feel free to uh, tweet at us and let us know. Um, be happy to get some, uh, some good information there. But nonetheless, Secret Defenders number one does have a bright red foil cover and a first unbelievable issue, and it is shiny. <laughs> yes, I remember buying this one because I did buy these first few issues of Secret Defenders before I had a stop. Okay. So I don't I think I even knew it existed. <laughs> yeah, I got so the first I was... one or two and then went, okay, okay that's enough. <laughs> oh, okay. Well, that may, may be spoilers on what Al's going to think about these. Um <laughs> But this is a, a Gathering of Heroes, which is written by Roy Thomas, uh, penciled by Andre Coates, inks by Don Hudson, letters by Clem Robbins, and colors by John Calisi, or Kalinks, I think, maybe, um, with a special thanks to Dan Thomas. Now, Roy and Dan at this time had just stopped 
full-time writing Doctor Strange. Uh, Lynn Kaminsky was doing some part-time writing on that with the Thomas Brothers. So this is kind of their segue out of the Doctor Strange book into The Secret Defenders, which really was a spinoff of Doctor Strange at the time. Yeah. So, And were they still writing Avengers West Coast, or is that over, or is it Force Works by now? Because I know they were writing Avengers West Coast together. I think they were. I don't think it's changed titling yet. And I think they're they were on like number ninety, and doesn't it change like close to one hundred? Maybe. Yeah, issue one hundred. Th- one hundred or one hundred two. I think was the last issue. Okay. Yeah. So we still got a few months um, before they make a change over there. Um, all right. So, what do you think of the cover? We'll go back to that real quick. Well, I mean, it does its job. It you know shows you all the all the heroes right up front. Yeah, Wolverine writing the you know the the big characters at this point, or three of them, or at least. Yeah, I mean yeah. Wolverine, Darkhawk series was pretty new. Nomad had obviously was probably still early on in his run, mm-hmm. and that was briefly hot. I re- I think. Yeah, it was. I remember the des- like people really loved the design. I don't know if the book sold as well as people like looking at it, <laughs> but I, I don't I remember. Yeah, I bought it for for a little bit. I think up to like Dead Man's Hand or whatever. So. I- I bought it through whenever I had to go to college. Yeah. All right. Same thing with Darkhawk. Okay. And I remember right around, so Red Foil was all the rage because there was Darkhawk 25 had the Red Foil of the gym from his chest. There was a, a Venom issue with Red Foil. I mean, Red Foil was all over the place. Um, Fantastic Four. Um, the issue where Johnny goes Nova that we're going to discuss when we get to the FF issues so like 372 i think had like yeah well what here's the thing there was a second print of that one of them had a, like a all white foil one had like a red foil i think yes yep so it's interesting because i have the white one but when i read it on marvel unlimited their pictures of the red one so and yeah i didn't even know there was a red one until i looked at it on marvel unlimited and i was like oh and i looked online and i was like oh there are two versions okay cool but yeah, I like kind of Doctor Strange kind of in the background as a puppet master. <laughs> yeah. And of course, it also, since we mentioned, you know, I mean, they were the pretty popular characters at the time, but also Spider-Woman on the cover, the second one, yes. Julia Carpenter, or in, yep. in my personal opinion, the best Spider-Woman. Ooh. Or at least my Ooh, personal shot, favorite. Shots fired. No, I, I like her a lot. I really came to love Jessica Drew and the more recent uh, series that she had uh, with uh, Dennis Hopeless and Javier Rodriguez, which if you haven't checked that out yet, that's a, a wonderful series. Um, it's like two volumes ago, I think, maybe. But, okay. Is that the one that came out around the time of uh, Secret Wars? Yes. It was It was right after like all the, the all-new, all-different stuff. Where she was working like the Porcupine or something? Yes. Yeah. Okay. I did read that one. That was good. Yeah. That was good. I like Jessica. Jessica's fine. It's just... Julia is the one I was I read the most of. Okay, that makes sense. So I remember I had an old old issue of her from Marvel. Oh gosh, was it Team Up or Two and One? It was her and someone fighting the uh, um, what's the construction guys? Not the, the wrecking um, crew. Wrecking crew, yeah. Well, no. I'm going to go on a limb and say it was either Spider-Man or The Thing. Yeah, I just can't remember which one. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, one of those. And I uh, I had that issue. Uh, it was one of my first issues that I got from uh, 
the old box of comics that I, I got when I was a kid from uh, a guy at my dad's church and it was kind of what jump-started my comic collecting. I'd been in G.I. Joe, but that kind of broke me out into superheroes. So I remember that one. I remember her on the cover swinging in and the Wrecking Crew with Thunderball and all that fun stuff. But Was she part of any X-Men books you read with Freedom Force? Because I know she briefly was a mem- forced to be a member. Uh, very briefly, yeah. I think, I think most of this Freedom Force stuff she did when she was on the team was in books and didn't have Wolverine. <laughs> but, um, but yeah. Okay. Yeah, I remember her being in a couple issues that I covered, but not not that many. But, all right. Well, in Secret Defenders number one, um, having lost much of his magic in his own book, Doctor Strange uses tarot cards to identify a threat. In Phoenix, Arizona, Nomad, Spider-Woman, Dark Hawk, and Wolverine stop a bank robbery, but they're not a team, much like the original Defenders. They are invisible to the cops, and they find Doctor Strange called them all there independently. There's a threat to the multiverse, which made Strange nostalgic for the old Defenders, but instead of calling them, he used tarot cards to select a new ragtag team. The heroes agree to play along for 24 hours at Wolverine's behest to see if they can verify the threat. Strange fades out astrally, but not before relaying his suspicion that the bank robbers are connected to the universal threat. Our new defenders go visit the robbers in jail. Nobody's talking, but there was another teen crook who is now an old man. But before he can talk, he dies of a heart attack. This prompts one of the other young robbers to confess, giving Spider-Woman a hotel room number. Wolverine and Spider-Woman check out the room. They find diplomas from the Second Chance Institute, and they also find two brand new supervillains. Wolverine takes the fight outside, where they eventually subdue the mystery bad guys, but then Dreadlocks, with an X, shows up to collect them. Dun-dun-dun. Yeah. Oh, before we get into that, I did a quick image search. It wasn't Marvel Team Up or Marvel 2 on one, because I... Um, it was because actually both of them would have been over before she first showed up. Oh, okay. Because she first showed up in Secret Wars. That's right. Okay. It, it was Spectacular Spider-Man number one twenty-five. Ah, okay. You are right. That sounds familiar. <laughs> so, eh, we get, so anyway, <clears throat> so yeah, Secret Defenders been number one. Back to this. I right. love the con- the idea of Doctor Strange using the tarot cards and how them like being the names of the cards, but having like the character show up on there, like Darkhawk yes. riding the horse as the Knight of Wands. Yeah, and then Wolverine riding an upside-down horse as the Knight of Swords. Also reminded me of uh, Ten of Swords, the X event that just wrapped up. Um, where they, there was a lot of tarot card involved in that as well. Oh, okay, um, I haven't read that yet. Well, when you get to it, you, it'll look familiar. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so I like this whole con- I like that concept. I like this idea. It's, it's kind of cool. Yeah. Yeah, I like uh, I like how Nomad has his baby as the hermit. It's yeah. pretty fun. Spider Woman is the Queen of Pentacles. If I if I knew more about tarot cards, I wondered if this would make sense or if the, just the names sound good. Yeah, I don't know. I bet I bet they probably did some research. I think. I hope so. It sounds like something that would be off Roy and Dan Thomas's alley. Yeah. Uh, so. Yeah. So yeah, we uh, ha- he builds a house of cards and it all falls down. <laughs> Here's the thing that screwed my head back when it came out. The the ish the card that brought everything down was the Empress reversed. And looking at that, especially if you don't 
turn it upside down, if you just look at the way it is, it kind of looks like magic. Oh. Like as the, as the dark child. Like before yeah, she got, I see that. Before the, she had all the armor on her, you know, like an inferno. Right, right. Like I was kind of hopeful at the beginning of this, like we're going to get magic back still. I didn't know I was going to have to wait like another decade. <laughs> right. You didn't know she was about to die. Um. Yeah. I think at this point she's, is, yeah, well, yeah, that's right. Not she's probably quite. still alive at this not point. Not quite. Yeah. But she's definitely not magic anymore. She's, you know, just a little no, baby she's still, Liliana. Still Liliana, yeah. And in fact, we're in cover date March, we would in just another month or two get the reveal that she has a legacy virus. So Okay, so we're at that point in the X-Men. Yep. Yep. Um so man, Nomad just takes that baby everywhere, guns a blazing. <laughs> yep. He is not the best babysitter. <laughs> no. <laughs> it was funny. He keeps, like, throughout all three of these issues, he keeps talking about, and maybe you remember from the Nomad series, but he keeps talking about dropping the baby off at, like, this underground daycare, but he never does. But was that something from his series, or was that just a random... I, rem- I remember that as I read it. It is something from the series. Don't ask me what, because it's... Okay been since this time that i read nomad <laughs> sure i mean one of these days i should do a whole read of the whole thing to find out what happened at the very least what happened to the baby uh okay that would be fun about. if they brought her back as a you know a teenager yeah that would be fun remember when i used to ride on your back <laughs> i mean isn't he dead though now probably yeah eh, bring him back to you then come back yeah. together but yeah, they can bring people. It's not like that stops anything. <laughs> yeah. So um. So then our heroes kind of show up one at a time. Um, Nomad comes in. Spider Woman uh, crawls down the wall. Um, Ash shot aside. I like the perspective of her like going down the wall from the top. Looks cool. Um, yeah, and it doesn't seem like a too gratuitous an ash No, shot. it's not too bad. It's not too bad. Because, really. I mean, yes, it's from above, but it's kind of to make her look creepy. Because, I mean, really, that ash shot isn't really – they could have done it a lot more sexually. Oh, especially in 1993, for sure. Yeah, I mean, the <laughs> fact is that just looks like someone from the rear. But it's – for the fact that she's wearing a skin-type costume, they're really not accentuating anything there. Right. Yep. No, I agree. It's, it's, it's pretty tame. Yeah, um, a lot worse. <laughs> And then Darkhawk shows up, and then Wolverine uh, shows up, and he blows smoke in the guy's face, calls him Bub, calls him Punk. He gets punched in the face, and the guy's like, oh? <laughs> that, I love that part. And I love the look yeah. on that guy's face. <laughs> the guy punches Wolverine. Wolverine says, you know something? I didn't think it would hurt. But that, you know, I didn't think it would, but that kind of hurt. And the guy's like, it did? <laughs> I heard Wolverine. I, you see, I can see him like laying in the alley, like all hurt. Like, oh, I heard Wolverine. I heard Wolverine. <laughs> that was amusing. It was. It was. Um, so I made a note. I'm not sure how Wolverine knows Jack Monroe, but it may have been from Infinity Wars. I may have missed a conversation somewhere, but. And he uh, he's the one that introduces everyone to Nomad, and then you know the 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 police show up with an old fashioned red paddy wagon, um, <laughs> and then uh, oh, what else you got in the, in the first part of this? Oh, let's see. Yeah, I 
I mean, I like the fact that it's kind of funny. It's like Wolverine is actually the experienced one here. Right. Because, I mean, yeah, granted, Nomad was doing it in the 50s, but, I mean, he is the one that, that's... Wolverine's one has been doing this the longest consecutively, not even counting right. any of the unknown secret origin stuff. <laughs> right. We're just talking about publication history. He's the one that's still been doing this the most. So, yeah, he's met with Doctor Strange. He's like... And it's kind of cool. It's like him and Spider-Woman are, like, the experts here. Right. I like that because Darkhawk is new and Nomad's kind of on his, you know, leave me out. Of, you know, I'm just going to, I don't know, he's doing like the cane from Kung Fu type of thing right now. He's just going to yeah. walk the earth. Walking, yep. It's like Jules from uh, Pulp Fiction. <laughs> yep, just find trouble wherever it goes. Um, then Dr. Strange levitates some of the air. Wolverine gets really grumpy, of course. And we get a fun scene of like Dr. Strange collecting our heroes. <laughs> so... Uh, he finds Darkhawk, Spider-Woman uh, Of course Wolverine's sitting around Watching TV, smoking and drinking beer How um, many beers did he have? I'm mean, it's what, one, four? Nine in the panel And then the one, <laughs> and then a tenth in his hand Yeah, yeah <laughs> It's like counting the beers on Cheers Like how much did Norm drink? <laughs> right <laughs> I don't know why it cracks me up so much because he's not. I guess because he's not wearing tennis shoes, it makes me really laugh that he's got these like big old white socks on, like almost like Michael Jackson. <laughs> but um, and I had to look up. You're right. Yeah, this is post Infinity War. Yes. Yeah, it is. But I can't remember how much Nomad had to do in that. But uh, I remember in one of those, I can't remember if it was Infinity War or Infinity Crusade, where it's like Nomad and Gambit are like... Infinity War, yeah. Yeah, they're in like a little capsule, and they just kind of hang out there. Yeah, yep. And Gambit also buddies up with Moon Knight in that uh, series as well. Um, but I just don't remember... Wolverine, anyway, I guess Wolverine is new one by proximity. But, but yeah, Doctor Strange gets everyone together, uh, references... I mean, Wolverine knows Doctor Strange, but they've only had like one or two incidents together. But one of them was really recently in the Doctor Strange series, where uh, he and Wolverine go to another dimension and fight some demons. Um, as, as crazy as the X Men costumes could get, especially then. I mean, look at what Doctor Strange normally wears. I mean, that's memorable. Yeah, you remember that outfit? Oh, for sure. You're like, I know that guy. <laughs> like, I met him yeah. once five years ago, but I remember him. Right. <laughs> He stands out. So then they uh, they go visit the guys in jail. Wolverine is it's funny 19, thinking in '93, right? I mean, Wolverine's like just smoking in the police station. Like no big deal. No one cares. Um, yeah, well, you can still po- smoke in a lot of places, restaurants, yeah, bars. Yeah, it's crazy meetings. to think about. <laughs> right <laughs> in the office. Yeah, I think nuts. we're allowed to smoke. I think we're allowed to smoke in class still. <laughs> No, no, actually we couldn't, but you know what? Up until like my freshman or sophomore year, they actually had a smoking section for students in the back of my high school. Well, we had an unofficial one. I don't think the school condoned it, but they didn't really run people off either. Yeah, whether it was official or not, I don't know. Yeah. But it was there. I mean, it's enough that they didn't, up until then, they left left you alone, so. Yeah. It was funny because I was, you know, because when I was in high school, a, a lot of kids smoked, like a ton of kids. And you know, I was talking to Ethan not too long ago and asking him, like, well, so 
Like, do kids smoke like outside school? He's like, no. I mean, I don't know that many kids that smoke, but if they do, they just do it like when they're walking home. But no one does it like on campus anywhere. I'm like that's so. Like it's good, but it's just bizarre to me. <laughs> like it just doesn't connect. Yeah, because but... I knew there were certain bathrooms I would not want to go in because they just <laughs> reeks of smoke. Right. Because that's and, where everyone uh, smoked this. They were the bathroom. Like the song says, <laughs> smoking in the room, bathroom. Yeah, smoking in the boys' room. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I don't know about the girls' room. I never, never went in there, so I can't say right. whether that reeked or not. But the boys' room. <laughs> yeah. I like how uh, Wolverine's mad that he doesn't get to cut open the jail cell. <laughs> Spider Woman and Dark Hawk rip, rip the bars off, and he's like, "Oh, you beat me to it." <laughs> Damn people, super strength. Yeah. Um. The, the other thing I I really enjoyed you, you talked about Wolverine and Spider Woman being the most experienced. I thought they had really good chemistry together when they went went on their. Uh, their investigative mission together. I thought they worked really well. Well, you know, she's kind of a redhead. True. So yeah. Wolverine's instinctively going to like her. Right. <laughs> he's calling her red. Calls yeah. her red. So. But yeah, that, that was a fun combo. I did, that's one thing I definitely liked in the series. I liked their pairing. That was fun. Yeah. It was yep. Too often, if it's not one of the X-Men, Wolverine does not get along with anybody. <laughs> True. True. Or he's always just going to be random, violent. I'm, I'm one second away from killing everybody. Right. Yeah. So what do you think of these uh, these two bad guys that show up? Uh, Decimator and Tokamak or Takamak. Tokamak kind of looks is kind of interesting, at least because of the whole. He's the glowing one, right? Because I'm. Yeah. Yes. Okay, he calls yes. the Decimator. I'm looking at the page yeah. now. So that's kind of interesting. At least that's something different. Decimator just looks like generic guy in costume. Yeah. And considering yeah, I have no idea what he does beyond being strong and having Colossus <laughs> arms. <laughs> he does have the uh the shorthand cybernetic arms, doesn't he? Yeah. Yeah. And they're really not cybernetic as we're gonna learn later on. True. Yeah. But at least Decimator looks like he has something different, you know. It's a that's yeah. an interesting power. He glows so bright that it's hard, you know, it's hard to fight him because you can't really see where he is. Kind of blind yeah. you. Yeah. It's, it's, I, that, it's that's kinda cool. Yeah, and the the scene of of uh, Decimator fighting Wolverine's not it looks all right. It's not too bad. Yeah, that's just a lot of. I mean, I guess that's a super mullet because it's it, it, <laughs> well, because I mean it could be long hair, but the, there's enough hair going on its own in the front that it looks like it's just on its own short. But that back is so long that's like a super mullet. Yeah, 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 and a ponytail, and a beard. And a beard, yeah. Does he have a mustache, or is it just a beard with no mustache? I, if he does, it's not thick. It's like a thinner mustache, almost like the Irish thing. Yeah. Um, in some pages, it looks like he does. Like on, well, on the physical physical copy, page 29, so probably like 25 or 26 on the digital. Um, the one with the zatch, uh, he definitely has some hair on his whip. Yeah, not much, but you're right. Some, yeah. but uh, Tokamak also is kind of cool. Look, like when he starts, when he stops glowing, because when he's glowing, it looks like he's wearing a like a full body costume, like a helmet and everything. Yeah. But when Spider Woman has her webs on him, and that last that one page with the last panel where like he's not glowing anymore, it looks like that metal stuff is part of his head. Yeah, yeah, it does. So, and that, 
is yes. is in it. His face is bare, so there's no mask on, which yeah. is interesting. So he has the he has, like I said, him kind of a cool look. Yeah, you know, I, I could deal with him. I would be able to deal with him again. Decimator, I really don't care. Right. Then there was a fun line uh, from Wolverine. He's like, um, "No, why well, slice you in half and make two normal sized people out of you?" <laughs> <laughs> that was good. Yeah. But yeah, and then they get stopped by dreadlocks. Yeah, and she goes, she goes. The name lover is Dreadlocks, and you're about to find out why. And I kind of just want Wolverine to go, uh, is it there? Yeah. <laughs> is that why? Because I'm pretty sure that's why. <laughs> and, uh, I'm not really sure why he's going to find out. Like, I mean, I can understand her power. I guess it brings dread. I don't know. It's kind of. And it, yeah. And they, it's kind of a bit vague. Right. And she kind of, she's kind of a cross between like, um, uh, a dagger and uh, I don't know. And she has like the the silver suit and the yeah all no, the all the holes. Yeah, it definitely reminds me of Dagger's costume. Yeah. All right. Well, any other comments from number one? Um, not really. I mean, it's not a bad intro for the series. I mean, Decimator is yeah. not that great, but you know, the, the like you said the. The characters were interesting enough, at least, you know, what, what they picked. And like like I said, the Wolverine-Spider-Woman team-up was fun. The chemistry was good there between them. Yeah. What did you, what did you think of the art? What do you think of Andre Coates as an artist here? He's not bad. Yeah. He's, not, he's definitely – this is definitely at the point where the image people have left. Yeah. <laughs> and I was just – because I had to look – because I was curious, so I was looking up on um, – Mike's Amazing World to see what else came out this month because well, I mentioned about the checking up for the uh, you know see which Infinity one we were at to. Mm-hmm. This is obviously just a few months after they all left for Image, right? So the Marvel is scrambling for some artists. I know at this point. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's not bad. It's pretty standard kind of kind of nineties house style for Marvel. Is yeah, kinda... it reminds me of like something I would see. Uh. This is like among the better art for uh, Valiant titles at the time. Okay, yeah, yeah, I can see that. The, yeah, with the exception of one or two people like Barry Windsor Smith, they weren't really known for the art. Right, right, you yeah, know, not Barry, at that time at least. BWS, Bart Sears, and kind of everybody else. <laughs> yeah, I don't think Bart Sears was even part of it yet. Uh, okay, but definitely, but you know, Barry Windsor Smith would have been, but not, but that was it. So like, you know, most of the art for Valiant books was okay. Yeah, and this kind of reminds me of like the better, like this would be like a better looking Valiant book. All right, fair enough. Well, what do you want to grade Secret Defenders number one? Out uh, of six claws. Out of six. Let's see. Art's decent. Story's not bad. Characters. Um, it's not a six. Not a. Five. I'm trying to decide between three and four. Yeah. Because it's good. I'm just trying to decide how middle of the road it is. <laughs> Let's go 3.5. Okay. It's I'll decent. Do... There's nothing bad. Right. All right. But... Well, I'm going to do four out of six claws. And Sounds fair. We'll see how the rest of these issues go. <laughs> so why don't you take us away with number two? So Secret Defenders number two, which had a cover date of April 93 and came out on February 9th. It's covered by, again, Andre Coates and Don Hudson. 
Writer Roy Thomas, pencils Andre Coates, inker Don Hudson, letters John Calise, colors Glenn Robbins, editor Mike Rockowitz, and I was just curious to see, and it was actually reprinted once in Doctor Strange number two, which was a '95 Italian reprint. Oh, so if okay. you want to buy a reprint of this, you better learn Italian. <laughs> All right, or you can probably find the original in a dollar bin somewhere. <laughs> Most likely, yeah. That's probably easier than learning another language. Right. <laughs> and our cover has the four of them, four heroes facing off against the super glowing dreadlocks. Yeah. So in this that's, issue, that's sorry, fine. Cover's yeah. fine. Yeah. It's, it's fine. <laughs> so we start off Spider Woman and Wolverine are facing off against dreadlocks. After some comments about her name, they attack. But Dreadlocks hits them with some kind of mental whammy, putting them through their worst nightmares. Julia sees her daughter Rachel die over and over, unable to stop it. While Logan lets himself be thrown into a rage just as easy as Marty McFly does, <laughs> by being called chicken. And when it's over, it's not the villains he's killed, but the X-Men. Decimator and to- Tokamak want to take them out. But since the fire they started last issue, you know, when they were doing the fight then, we just talked about, uh, has turned into such a massive blaze that the entire Phoenix Fire Department has shown up. So instead, they decide to leave. Meanwhile, Nomad and Darkhawk meet two of the local homeless, George and Granny. They were knocked down by the crooks who were escaping in the very beginning of issue one during the robbery. They asked the two of them if they heard anything from the crooks that would help. And Granny found it odd that they actually called her Granny and knew her nickname. So they bring them to the morgue to see the body of the young, now old person who they recognize as Lester. Uh, later, Nomad and Darkhawk meet up with Spider-Man Wolverine and compare notes. They all decide to contact Doctor Strange, hoping he's still keeping mental tabs on them. And they find him fighting Nightmare. Nightmare sends, them, sends some of his demons after them, and Strange sends them back for their own protection. They decide to let Tabitha escape and see where she runs. And while Wolverine, Spider-Woman, and Nomad are doing that, Darkhawk is following George and Granny, and they lead him to the Second Chance Institute. He follows him inside and changes back to Chris Powell to blend in. He finds the leader of these costume villains, a skull-faced woman named Macabre, and he's spotted. So he runs and runs past Tabitha. See, plot threads crossing together. <laughs> but he's unable for some reason to turn back to Darkhawk and is knocked out by a new villain called Stasis. At that exact moment, the other three Kool-Aid man their way through the wall and start to fight. <laughs> but Macabre stops them by threatening the lives of Chris and Tabitha. Dun, dun, dun. So that is issue two. Yeah. I thought the art was, there were some more interesting art panels. Like the one with Wolverine um, on the bottom of page three, where he's like jumping through like blood, I guess, or something. Oh, like the red dot, like the red globs that he's jumping through. That looks pretty cool. Yeah, um, that was cool. Um, however, D- Dreadlock's face on page one, it's like there's something wrong with it. it she's a completely different person every page. Yeah, because um, she looked different from pa- from the last page of the other issue. Uh-huh. And then this one, it's like, wait, who is that? It's like, it's the same art team? Are you sure? Because that looks yeah. very different. And then that, like the when she's grinning at Spider Woman on the top of page four, completely different character. <laughs> but, page four. Let's skim ahead. Come on, bad tablet. 
<laughs> oh yeah, yeah, you're right. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah. granted, the power is pretty cool, making everyone basically yeah. relive their worst nightmares. Yeah, and and the the only thing I would say is like, um, so right now in Doctor Strange, uh, Jeff Isherwood is doing the art, and he kind of has like trippy art mixed with like a little bit of grit, like say a Martishera. Okay. And Dreadlocks's power and his pencils would look really cool. <laughs> <laughs> mm, I can imagine that. Yeah, I kind of kind of wish someone a little less standard was drawing the power, but um, but all in all, it's not too bad. And uh, Wolverine's Nightmare definitely gives you some Old Man Logan before Old Man Logan vibes. Um, you know, yeah, kind of the crux of that story is he starts off, you know, being tricked into killing the X Men. So, or uh, Enemy of the State. Yeah, yeah, that too, right? Yeah, because wasn't that the same principle? Just happening in the actual time of him being, like, conditioned to start killing people? Yep. Yep. Which Uh, I could see that being a a fear of his. For sure, right? Losing control, hurting someone he loves. Yeah, definitely. That's that's Wolverine to a T. And I really like that even when the powers wear off, that page, that bottom panel of Spider-Woman and Wolverine, like, swinging through the alley, just looking completely defeated... And the art, yeah. the art works there really well. Yes, it does. No, that was good. I I did like that. Where I mean, granted, the villains leaving them, it's like they're easy pickings. Yeah, it's like they, unfortunately we're starting to get to the part, and I don't remember really feeling this way in reading Avengers West Coast at the time, but here I'm feeling a bit of like the they're doing the bit like Roy's sticking with a bit of the '60s thing. It's like no, uh-huh. we don't need to kill them anymore. Right. We don't need to go after them. We've beat them enough. I'm sure it's fine. Right. The right. whole Dr. Evil thing. I'm going to leave them in an easily skippable <laughs> death trap and just assume everything's going to be fine. Yeah. Yeah. For sure. Um, and then I have to I have to nitpick a little bit. On page 11, uh, we get Wolverine popping his claws and retracting his claws, and we get two misspelled snicks when we should have got a snick and a snack. Blame <laughs> <laughs> the letter. Yep. Yep. I do like, um, so after Wolverine, Wolverine really hates phone boost. <laughs> oh, God, that was hilarious. <laughs> I mean, earlier at least we understood why he was going, you know, they call him Yella. And I think that was what I was, I don't and that's what sends him off in that berserker rage initially. But it even says in the panel, you know, he is, you know, triggered much easier than normal. Right. And that's because dreadlock's power. So that was fine. But here, yeah, he just destroys that phone booth in <laughs> a second. All because he has strange is even there. Not because right. it didn't work. <laughs> I will not leave a message. I will not. <laughs> no. How can he call me back? Is there a pager on them? <laughs> right, yeah, ninety-three, definitely a pager. Uh, dial nine one one. Yeah. <laughs> um, I like the uh, I like the color scheme where they go to Nightmare's realm. Um, though again, kind of missed Jeff Isherwood because uh, I did go immediately read because it references Doctor Strange. Uh, 52 and 53. So I took a break after this issue and went and read those and 
they're they're beautiful issues. If you if you haven't if guys haven't read that run, um, the writing is fine, but the art is fantastic. Uh, highly recommend it. Yeah, it says yeah he's in Morbius's mind apparently, because Morbius is having a bad dream. It says Morbius yeah Morbius eight yep. nine Doctor yep. Strange fifty two fifty three flying through Nightmare Land. Um, well, so anyway, um, slight technical snafu, but uh, we're back in business. So uh, yeah, so after Wolverine, uh, or after the heroes defenders get expelled from the nightmare world, uh, they all land, and Wolverine lands like his ear on the ground, like he's uh, listening Listen. to the ground. He's he can hear the train coming. <laughs> yeah, choo choo. <laughs> and then the next panel, he's like, "Oh, my aching head." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I like how everyone else lands on their feet. Wolverine just lands on his head. Yeah, what a weirdo. <laughs> but um, <laughs> um, yeah, and of course Wolverine, uh, he references that he, he recognized Nightmare. Um, he just recently had an adventure with Nightmare and Venom in Marvel Comics Presents. Ah, uh, so, okay. I was gonna say Wolverine knows Nightmare too. Like, damn, yeah, he gets around. But that he does. He does get around. Um, yeah. If you want to hear me and uh, John Wilson talk about that, it's uh, I don't know about a dozen episodes ago or so. <laughs> oh, I'll get there eventually. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but yeah, other than that, I don't know if I really have a lot else to say besides what you already synopsized. Um, yeah. I mean, it's pretty standard, but Cobb looks okay. Kind of, kind of reminds you of uh, uh, Lady Death from your Resurrections podcast. Oh yeah, yeah, interesting look. Yeah, it looks just like Death basically, except apparently has a very nice voice, <laughs> according yeah. to uh, Chris. It's like, <laughs> I have, like that voice is amazing. I I just say I have to like the part where they let Tabitha go, and they're like amateur. <laughs> Yeah, um, I like that. It took me to read that panel and go, "Oh, Spider Woman used her webs to trip the cops, so Tabitha could run." I'm like, oh that was yeah, fun. that was a nice yeah. little plan. Yeah, and then uh, I gotta say, Stasis is my least favorite uh, design of these villains. Um, I'm not real sure what he's doing with that suit. <laughs> yeah, it's kind of like they needed enough villains to go off against all the heroes, but really they. But they really put effort into like one or two of them. Like really, it's only right. Macabre, Dreadlocks, and Tokamak actually put. It seems like they put effort in the other two. It's like uh, we need two more. Yeah, yeah, because uh, a Decimator is kind of like a a draw from a hat and build your villain, and then uh, poor Stasis. So he has like a, a red suit with blue undies and a yellow belt. And he's got not Captain America boots. Like his boots have like a shirt collar on them. Or something. Um, and then, then he has gloves with lightning trim. And then he has a V shoulder pad. Kind of like kind of like Nightcrawler used to have, but not at all attached to his costume, like completely separate. He yeah. has lightning bolts. And then he has the longest headband in the history of headbands. That thing yeah. goes down to his butt. But yeah. um yeah, that's weird. And like, yeah, I, I agree with you saying about uh, Decimator because he kind of reminds me of Combo Man. Okay. <laughs> yeah. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah. <laughs> it also reminds me. So I don't, I don't remember who made this or what it was or whatever. But I remember when I was little, 
we had like this like a little box clipboard thing and you you had these plates for like the head and the torso and the legs and you can mix them up and then you put paper on top and you like scratch your pencil over it that sounds the, vaguely familiar yeah and the ridges of the plates to like make a drawing and so you could like mix and match all these things and like make up these cool drawings it kind of has a little bit of that vibe <laughs> Exactly. It's like, okay, we want the body of Colossus. Yeah, yeah. But I want this guy's head, and I want someone else's legs. There we go. That's my villain. Yeah. Oh, man. That, that you, you reference them collating through the wall. That panel is hilarious looking. Yeah. I mean, talk about timing and location. Right, right. And then the brick just happens to hit dreadlocks on the head and knock her out so she can't use her powers. Like, okay. <laughs> yeah. It, knocked, it hit a lot of people in the head, actually. <laughs> yeah, including some of the innocent bystanders, right? <laughs> well, sort of innocent. Oh, well, true. Right. I mean, yeah. really, no one inside is really innocent except for Chris. That's true. That's true. But... but. Yeah, there is yeah. that. And the funny thing is, if you look at that next panel, after dreadlocks get knocked out, it looks like she's the only one gets knocked out. The others look like they're standing still. <laughs> right? <laughs> That's kind of like, ow. Whoa, okay, that kind of hurt. Yeah. But she's unconscious. <laughs> yep. I do, like the... <laughs> right? I do like the close-up on Macabre's face. That's pretty good. Oh, is that the next page? Hold on. Yeah, I feel, there like, we go. Yeah. I feel like this is the most detailed drawing in all three of these issues. But. Yeah, no, that is really good, actually. That is a good <laughs> panel. The one where it's saying, she's saying stop. Yeah. Yeah, that yeah. is good and creepy. Yep. Yeah, I gotta say, it's probably good that I didn't buy this when it came out, because 14-year-old Jason would have been really confused by boobs and a skull. Like, do I like this? Do I not like this? What do I do? What do, I do? <laughs> But yeah, I think that's that's about all I got on this one. Unless you got something else? Um, not really. Okay. I mean, I, so I yeah. thought the. Go ahead. No, what you gonna say? I was saying I thought the art was better in places, but also worse in places. If that makes sense. Yeah. Than the first yeah. issue. Yeah, like um, you said, like that first page with dreadlocks looks so weird. But that Macrabo panel's bad. And also on the last page, that top panel, for instance, I'm looking at it right now, that's really good looking, I thought. Yeah. Except yeah, for Wolverine's the... head's a tiny bit too small, I think. But otherwise, right. it's fine. Yeah. And actually, kind of can actually, no matter, actually kind of looks like a person in that ish, in that panel. Yeah. Right? Um, yeah. Uh, I, start to, I started to lose interest in the story a little bit. But it's not bad yet. Um... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, emphasis on the yet. Yeah, yeah. So I'm gonna give number two, three. I'll I'll match your number one. I'm gonna go three out of six claws. Yeah, I'm gonna stick with a straight up uh, three on this one as well. Okay. Yeah, this is straight. It's shaping up to be an okay series. Nothing well, spectacular though. <laughs> right. Yeah, we'll see. Um. <laughs> um. All right. Secret Defenders number three, the mystery of macabre uh, or swarm song, is uh, written by Roy Thomas, penciled by Andre Coates again. Uh, actually, everybody's exactly the same. So same same credits as one and two. Um, on the cover, we have macabre yelling, 
and then two people with shrunken faces kneeling in front of her. Then we have Takamak dragging Wolverine, Dreadlocks dragging Nomad, and Decimator dragging Spider-Woman towards Macabre. Um, that's okay. Yeah. The Wolverine just looks sad there. He does. He looks like someone killed his puppy. Yeah. It's like, aww. He, he's suffering from Carpathian kitten loss. That's the problem there. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, uh, here's how we start this issue. Uh, Mommy Macabre is almost done counting to three, so the secret toddler defenders quit misbehaving and give up. Uh, they are fusioned for their trouble, whatever that means. That's a verb, right? Um, sure. the, the bad guys monologue their backstory as our captive to our captive heroes. Uh, basically, they rode the dimensional coattails of Lilith from the Spirits of Vengeance series and used homeless people to sustain corporeal forms. Darkhawk and Doctor Strange show up to jailbreak the Defenders. As the Defenders and Wolverine in particular shreds their human forms, the bad guys Voltron into a giant fire skull. But no, that's not really what they are, because then the skull breaks into viral spores. Um, then... Right in the nick of time, the Defenders use magical Kumbaya to send the virus back to its own dimension. Everyone, Defenders stare! <laughs> right! <laughs> yeah, totally. <laughs> Care Bear stare. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, yeah. I mean, I get the point of that, though, especially since Doctor Strange is weak, so they're letting him use the power. But, I mean, that... It's done okay. It's been done a little better. I mean, I'm thinking of, was it X-Men 205? No, uh-huh. no, 202. I know what you mean, then, yeah. Where they, yeah, where Rachel, they, Rachel takes their powers to fight the Beyonder. Right. Yeah. Or even even um, when uh, Professor X bonds everyone, uh, was it with, before the Phoenix went bad, and they, they use, like, the to- the mental totality of everybody on the planet, right? Oh, he's talking about like the original series when they're fighting the Sinox invasion when he, like in issue like sixty five. Yeah, yeah, something like that. Yeah, yeah. When they reveal he's not dead. Right, right, right. Yeah, yeah. Which, ironically enough, you who wrote that one? Roy Thomas. You're Roy Thomas. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know he's. But so his, I mean, but that was his, fine. His that was okay. stuff isn't terrible. He definitely leans on some bad crutches sometimes. Yeah, well, I, I do need to reread Avengers West Coast because I remember enjoying that one a lot more. I have read some of it with my flashback read along, and I like it okay. <laughs> but not not to discourage you. Uh, definitely check it out. But but yeah, but that was okay here. My issues, of course, we have you at our mercy. And now learn everything about us. There might be a clue in here that you might be able to use to defeat us, but we're going to tell you everything. Like, no, why? 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 We don't need to know this. You don't have to tell them. That's stupid. I guess we should tell you since you're all about to die. What what harm could come from this? It's like, oh, you're new, aren't you? (laughs) Right. (laughs) Yeah, I agree, though. The more I look through this... The occasional macabre panel aside, Takamak is the the visual winner of the bad guys for sure. Oh God, yeah, yeah, he's that's a cool look. And I want to say that 
Now, it might not have been used right now because the series had been canceled, but that was the name of, of a Firestorm character. Oh, really? I, I, know, I know I've heard on the Firewater podcast I'm talking about a character named Tokamak. Oh, okay. It must have an origin of something, like maybe as a certain... Huh. Oh, yeah. I wonder if it's like a common name in a different language or something. Let's see. Tokamak, here we go. Dear Google. Tokamak, Russian, and that was a Russian character from Firestorm, is a device which uses a powerful magnetic field to confine plasma in the shape of a torus. Okay. The Tokamak is one of several types of magnetic confinement devices being developed to produce controlled thermonuclear fusion power. Okay, well, that that explains how he's able to fusion them. So, because <laughs> he zaps them with fusion. Um, I thought he was just from Planet Vegeta. <laughs> right. Oh, man. Um, yeah. But, yeah, I mean, that was my problem with this issue. It was, like, all backstory. Mm-hmm. I mean, and, it wasn't a bad backstory, but it's kind of like, it's just yeah. a lot of it all at once, too. It's, like, half the issue. It was pretty ho-hum, I thought. Um, and it doesn't make, like, like there, there's no effort at all to connect the dots from we're, vi- we're a hive mind virus spore to random group of villains with random powers. Like, there's not even, not yeah. even an attempt to draw a logical connection between that. And costumes. It's like, why do they have right. these costumes? Right, right. Not even like, oh, when we came to your Earth, we saw that the best way to conquer the world was through supervillains, so we made up our own. No, nothing. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's like uh, we are characters. We became villains. Why? Well, the script said so. Right. Oh, well, that makes sense. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, I know you're on you're on Marvel Unlimited tonight. Is that? Yes. Okay. So in the in the physical copy, there is uh, an ad for this very same book. Uh, the Secret Defenders, and the ad, it looks like it might be by one of the Cuberts, I'm not sure, but it's Doctor Strange floating above this lineup, which I don't know if this ever happens in the issue or not, but it's Maverick, Wolverine, Ghost Rider, Johnny Blaze, and Darkhawk. And that sounds like a pretty interesting issue. <laughs> yeah. Well, there were a lot of different groups, so... Yeah, I'll have to see if... Oh, I'm looking at it now. ...in my reading order. But. Yeah, I see it. It says, when the going gets tough for Doctor Strange, he assembles the Secret Defenders. Yeah, yeah, it's a cool ad. Yeah, I don't know if that group ever gets together. I mean, there have been some interesting groups. I know there's a there's like an issue or two. It's all villains. Okay, interesting. Some pre-Thunderbolt, Thunderbolt, huh? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, but reading these issues, I think I only brought bought like the first one, maybe two when they came out. I probably was my plan would have been just to see who was in it. Right, that makes sense. And it's like, okay, do I need to read this? You know, is it anyone I like or can I skip it? <laughs> right. Yeah, I like when uh, I always like when Darkhawk has his Wolverine claws. <laughs> yeah, and they're always inconsistent of how long they are. Yeah. Well, to be fair, in the 90s, there were Wolverine's claws. <laughs> sure. Also, fairly inconsistent. Um, yeah, uh, the flame skull looks cool. I don't, I don't know. I really, I really started to kind of to be pulled out of the story in this issue. Yeah. I can't say I particularly enjoyed it. 
Yeah, no, it wasn't the greatest. Yeah, that that I'm looking at now that panel when he finally turns back into Darkhawk, that page and smashes through the wall. That yeah. is not the best looking panel. No. No. It's, it's just not. all kinds of weird perspective and <laughs> like giant arm, tiny legs. Right. Right. Yeah. But I don't know. Any any final thoughts on this issue? I'm kinda I'm trying to skip kinda to over it. <laughs> I'm trying to skim to the end, but tablet's being annoying. Maybe it doesn't want me to skim. <laughs> you know, the only thing I can think of is maybe the, the reason they put too much effort into some of all the villains is because, well, they knew they were going to be gone by the end of the series anyway. So what was the point? All right. Why make them too interesting where you can't use them again? <laughs> Very true. I mean, the skull's yeah. kind of cool, but. Yeah, it went all right. It went all right. And then they turned into green dots. Yeah. And yeah. Like, that's exciting. Yeah, I guess I guess even that though, like the skull is cool, but what does it have to do with anything? Yeah, <laughs> right. And they turn into a skull and then immediately break into the dots. Yeah, like the, the skull. Point? The skull didn't do anything. It just sat there for like maybe a second or two, and then whoosh. But, yeah, it's really not much to talk about this issue. It, yeah. it ended. It's monologuing. <laughs> Yeah, um, it was probably my least favorite of the group, so I def- feel like it definitely went out with a whimper. Um, I'm going to give this one two out of six claws. Yep, right All there right. with you. All right, cool. Well, that's going to move us. Our, our secret defenders, or at least one of them, is going to rejoin some of his old buddies in Fantastic Four, number 374, and Al is going to take us away with that one. I am? I mean, I am. <laughs> yes, the Fantastic Four, number 374, which was cover dated March of 93 and came out on January 26th. Covered by Paul Ryan and Danny Bulanati. Plot and script by Tom DeFalco. Plot and pencils by Paul Ryan. Inker, Danny Bulanati. Letters, Jack Morelli. Colors, Gina Going. Editor, Ralph Marchio. Not that one, the other one. Right. Um uh, Reprinted in Nova number 197, which is a French reprint. Huh? Die Festection Veer number 41, a German reprint. And in True Believers, Fantastic Four versus New Fantastic Four number one. So Why these are really be... popular issues we're covering. Why would it be printed in a Nova reprint book? It was a French reprint, so probably from what I saw, oh, it a bunch oh. of stuff. So not the character Nova, just like. Nova. It's, it's the word, yeah. Okay, yeah a lot gotcha. of the foreign reprints, usually, if you look them up, they'll usually have, like, several issues in them. Okay. They'll gotcha. reprint several things. Like, the, the one that reprinted uh, Secret Defenders actually, like, reprinted, like, Secret Defenders 1 to 3 and, like, Doctor Strange 50. Oh, okay. All right. So they did a couple things there. Okay. Anyway, the cover has the original FF facing off with the new FF with Doctor Strange looking on. Yeah. And the story is called Suddenly the Secret Defenders. <laughs> yep. It is. The swipe misnomer, but nonetheless, when you're right, though, it does have Doctor Strange, and he does help bring them together for this mission. So, And since this came out first, I, this was kind of like, especially since Tom DeFalco was editor in chief, he was probably using them as like a way to promote the new yeah, that's book true. coming out. Yeah, you're probably right. I wonder, you know, the uh, so I, I did these in order because of the complete Marvel reading order. I wonder if maybe the FF 
should have really gone first, but yeah, but it doesn't really matter because it's not like it's nothing is really mentioned. It's not like right. I mean, the only thing that would work is if you is if uh, Wolverine hadn't met Doctor Strange before. This would be a reason why he would have met him, right? Because obviously he would have met him very you know right you know, a month or so before. But really, right. otherwise, it does not matter at all. <laughs> And by the way, real quick, I'm skimming through the covers, and I do not see that team up anywhere on the covers that we talked about from the ad. Oh, yeah. I well, I know Wolverine's not in the next several issues, at least. That's yeah. It. So, um, but I will be covering this at some point because I see the issue cover for issue twelve is just Thanos. Oh, nice, nice. But that's a story for another time. Right. For now, we are talking about the Fantastic Four. So here's what happens. So recently, a bunch of stuff happened to the FF. Johnny was attacked at ESU, and in defending himself, kind of burned most of the place down. So he's hunted and on the run. Wanting to help his friend, Spider-Man goes to Dr. Strange. Uh, He wants to convince Johnny to peacefully turn himself in. Dr. Strange is doing his card trick again and decides to help because of that. He goes to find the others who filled in for the FF recently, along with Spidey. So Wolverine, the Hulk, and Ghost Rider. Meanwhile, for Freedom's Plaza, Reed, Sharon, who is no longer a thing, and Ben Grimm, who is once again a thing, are getting caught up on the recent events from Half-Naked Sue. <laughs> the three of them were fighting a rogue watcher in the Arctic and missed everything. And there's a reason I'm mentioning that, and you'll find uh, out in a minute. Right. And when I say they're getting caught up, I mean Reed and Sue are having a screaming match like to- Roseanne and Tom Arnold. Yeah. I'm being topical for the time. <laughs> now, Franklin is upset about his parents fighting, and he attempts to use his rapidly uncontrollable powers to stop them. His nanny, Agatha Harkness, is using her, uses her magic to pacify him and decides it's best just not to say anything about it. Right. Because <laughs> you know why? It's all Agatha's fault. Yeah, because the plot needs her to be quiet. Yeah, It's all Agatha's fault. That's why. Across the world of Latveria, Doom is working on a new set of armor, specifically made to harness the powers of that previously mentioned Rogue Watcher. See? That was the point. There you go, right? And it also, by the way, reminds me a lot of the Doom 2099. That's what I wrote in my notes, too. Very similar. Yeah. Yeah. Now, back in New York, the new FF finds Johnny, but he calls the rest of the old FF for help. Things rapidly get out of hand, and a fight breaks out, of course. During the fight, Wolverine, accidentally on purpose, slices the thing's (laughs) face. (laughs) And while this is all happening on the moon, the Inhumans see something fly from Earth to the Watcher's home. And that something is Dr. Doom. Ghost Rider finally gets Johnny down and attempts to use his pen and stare on him, but is stopped by the arrival of Johnny's estranged and very strange wife, the scroll, Lija the laser fist. Now, before things can get even more out of hand or out of hander, the original <laughs> FF plus Sharon and Lija disappear in a blinding light from a power that Doctor Strange says is not of this world. Done, done, done. Yeah, lots of done, done, duns. Yeah. Um, <laughs> uh, so there's. There's a lot of writing in this issue, which is fine, because most of it's pretty good. But um, it's definitely a much denser issue than the Secret Defenders. Uh, oh yeah. But there's some good, there's some good humor in this one too. Um, I like like right off the bat, like Doctor Strange, Spider-Man's on the ceiling, and he's like, 
won't you come down? I hope you're clean. Wong really hates cleaning footprints off the ceiling. Yes, <laughs> <that was> <laughs> like, oh, Doctor Strange. Um, and then, you know, it talks about Wolverine in the danger room doing casual exercise while he's, like, chopping up robots. Um, and I like the Hulk reading, doing some light reading. Zen yeah. is the art of nuclear physics. <laughs> right. <laughs> while he's weightlifting with his pinky. Right. <laughs> Yeah, and then Doctor Strange is like he's mansplaining to Ghost Rider, like, <laughs> like his body language is really weird, and Ghost Rider's just like looking up and like, oh, oh, I didn't know. <laughs> it's just really funny. Actually, um, Ghost Rider's probably looking up like, I know what's going on. I'm not a moron. Right. And then I, yeah, I we. Hear- I can hear Hub from Tighten Up the Defense in my head going, "You see, you behemoth, you, you, you dumb brutes. Right. There's a problem, and your help is needed, so you better move it." <laughs> oh, and oh yes, this this Sue Storm costume, um, which is funny because it's a very revealing costume, and it's not like even though yes, Sue Storm obviously is. Not supposed to be the youngest of the character of like all the Marvel characters because I mean, but she is you know wife and a mo- is a mother, mm-hmm. but I mean she is a very attractive woman, always. Right. But yet this costume, it's not attractive or it's not even sex. It's not like sexy like it's supposed to be. No, it doesn't work. No. It doesn't work at all. Um, it's pretty bad. I think uh, not too long ago when I was reading uh, the issue with that. Costume is revealed because it's like a month apart from uh, where Polaris gets her new kind of SMM costume. Uh-huh. <laughs> I was like, man, the, the the early late part of '92, early part of '93 was not not kind, and they kind of couch both of the costume reveals in kind of a faux feminism, but it's it's so hard to the male gaze it kind of feels insincere. Um, yeah. <laughs> Except it doesn't even like work on. I don't feel like it works on that level, and it's not like Paul Ryan's a bad penciler or anything. No, no, it just not. doesn't. It doesn't work for like. At least for me, it's like it doesn't feel like it's even working on the male gaze level. It's like eh, right. it's fine. You yeah. know what? It feels like the. It feels like it's the workout outfit for somebody who's way too into CrossFit. <laughs> right. <laughs> and and doesn't want their cleavage to get too sweaty. And they want to show off everything that they're working on. Like, look at the app. Right, look at these. Right. Yeah. Their focus areas. Yeah, there you go. Yeah. Man, uh, I know he talks about needing a shower and having BO, but Johnny Storm looks rough in that alley. He yeah. Looks, he looks like he's been through the ringer. <laughs> and, oh, uh, we have Franklin having uncontrollable powers again. Yeah. But and I do know where this is going. Cute little overalls, yeah. Yeah, his Oshkosh bagash. That was a cute <laughs> time. Although it's kind of funny because he kind of feels like he's younger here than he was in Power Pack. A little bit, yeah. Like Franklin's age, even when he stays the same age, is very inconsistent over... And I'm not just blaming that, the current team. It's like for 20, 30, 25 years, his age is very inconsistent. Yeah. Yeah, at least visually, he looks like a toddler, like three or but, four in this yeah. issue he seems like younger than there or like when he was there or like fantastic four versus the x-men like he seemed older there yeah like he was eight or nine maybe in and that. here it's like he regressed again but then again the way he keeps getting aged and de-aged and aged and de-aged right. God knows what happens. who can keep up <laughs> yeah. 
I have to say though, I do love the speaking of that the whole thing where she finally you know puts Franklin to sleep and decides that eh, let's not tell them. Right, they're busy. I mean, first of all, it's like Agatha, you've been like babysitting off and on since like before Fantastic Four one hundred. <laughs> okay, they're always busy. Right, right. Just tell them about the problem with their top with their child. Right. That's your yeah. job. That's kind of why you're there. Yeah. Your job is not to worry about whether or not stuff's happening elsewhere. That's their issue to deal with. Right. You need to tell them about what's happening with the kid. You should know this by now. You're not new. But anyway, besides that, the bottom of that page, that is very much a Stanley Jack Kirby thing of Dr. Doom. I mean, literally, it's, I think, the same older man saying the same lines <laughs> that I'm pretty sure I saw in one of their panels. You know, who knows what dire threat will be unleashed upon an unsuspecting mankind? <laughs> but I love it. It's fun. I love yeah. that part. That's that's yeah. a nice little No, touch. and uh, DeFalco and Ryan, I mean, I'm assuming DeFalco did much, most of the dialogue. He he has a pretty good Doctor Doom. He gets the megalomania pretty good. Um, there's some pretty good lines uh, in both of these issues um, of him just talking. You know, Doctor Doom talk is is pretty great. Yeah, and like we said, that armor looks so much like the Doom 2099 armor. Yeah. The first thing I thought when I saw that. Yeah, with all the first of all being like the bright silver and then the spikes. Yeah. Uh, very much. I mean, the only thing different, the only real difference is he still has the green cloak instead of the blue one. But exactly. But other than that, yeah, it's very much like the Doom twenty ninety nine. So maybe wonder have, if that was supposed to be about this time. Well, it would have been. So you have to wonder if that was in, like an intentional nod, or I can show you it's too close together to be a coincidence. I would think, but. I'm pretty sure because Spider-Man 2099 has already started. I know the other ones start a little bit later, but it should be pretty close to Doom coming out. It was not out already. Hold on, we look. All right. While you're looking, I will say. Oh yes, issue one, cover dated January '93, which means released on November 17th, '92. Okay. Yes, it would have been on issue three or four by now. Though. Yeah, issue three would have came out like a week or so before. Okay. Awesome. So, yeah, so there has to be some some cross pollination of ideas there. Kind of a again, Easter the writer. Egg. Yeah, again, the writer is the editor in chief. <laughs> so I'm sure he's. I mean, that's the whole, that's the reason I think they're doing a secret defenders thing here is right. to try and promote. Hey, we have a new upcoming book. Let's see what I can do. Well, it's the Fantastic Four. It's one of our flagship books. Let's promote that. Right. I'm sure he's doing something like this to kind of. I mean, I wonder if that was just supposed to be a tease, like, "Hey, look at the armor." Uh-huh, right. Uh-huh, right. Uh-huh. Yeah. 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 What do you think? What do you think? What do you think? Yeah. You know, it's funny. Um, I would say I've been, I've been listening to I've been powering through your early '70s episodes, um, and and the Captain Marvel stuff. Um, I listened to you about a week ago or so, and okay. we'll say we'll say DeFalco has a cosmic awareness of yeah. what's going on. Yes. <laughs> He has Mar- he has Marvel comic awareness. There you go. There you go. <laughs> so one of the things they didn't do in Secret Defenders is that they take advantage of here, particularly by standing him next to the Hulk. It's making Wolverine look really small. <laughs> yeah, because he looks he they just draw him like the same as everyone else in the other issue. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. But here, yeah, it's next to the Hulk, so it's easy for everyone to look too small. 
Yeah. Right, right. Um, <laughs> so, so Wolverine versus the original Fantastic Four is kind of funny. Um, we have where he, first of all, gets his claws stuck in invisible bubbles. But then there's a part where he stabs Mr. Fantastic, but it just stretches. Yeah. Well, I mean, if that's his power, I mean, if you just keep stretching enough, you can't, you know, I guess he can't yeah. pierce it. But that's some, uh, that's some fine motor skills to be able to stretch exactly ahead of the claws at all times is uh, pretty impressive. <laughs> Although I do feel like it's a bit weird that Wolverine's so ready to hunt somebody for that. I yeah, mean, you yeah. would think he'd be one of the first ones. I mean, maybe I can get with the Hulk what he's saying about it, especially since it's, you know, the Bruce Banner mind, not the Hulk mind. Right. But Wolverine kind of seems like more like the person who would be on the side of the one on the run. Right. But that often depends on who. So you get this a lot with Wolverine guest appearances on whether the writers like him or not. <laughs> Or how they feel about him, because he can be a real character, or he can just be a piss and vinegar with claws. Um, And you get that a lot in guest spots, where he's just one note, stab, 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 nothing else. Yeah, I'm kind of thinking like Wolverine in Secret Wars. Yeah, yeah, very similar. Um, I mean, obviously they know how to write, the Falcon knows how to write Spidey. Because he had a pretty decent run on Spider-Man that was really considered really good. Good run, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, I mean, he knows how to do Spidey, but... Oh, man, DeFalco friends, that that's a sweet spot right there. Yeah. Um, yeah, I like I always like when Ghost Rider's chain, like, shoots off into little shurikens or whatever those are. Um, that's a pretty cool power for him, for 90s Ghost Rider. Um, Ghost Rider up to right here. Oh, 35, okay. I was trying to figure out, I was curious how long Ghost Rider had been out by oh. this point. Yeah, yeah, he had already made his round of uh, appearing in everyone's book so he can buy mine. The, and the, the 90s Marvel new character tours they did. Mm. <laughs> like Ghost Rider, Darkhawk, it's like, hey, we have a new a new series, so we're going to be in everybody else's book so you know that we're uh, there. Um, Deathlock kind of did the same thing. Um, yes. Yeah. But yes, we have the fight, and then, of course, we get the infamous cut of Wolverine slicing the thing's face open. Yeah. Although we don't get get the reveal of that until the next issue. Right, right. They just hide his face, which is actually pretty effective, I thought. Um, Yeah. I kind of, like, was like, I don't know, does this work? Does it not book? Is it heat of battle? Or is it Wolverine being written as, you know, crazy piss and vinegar with claws? Right, right. Um, Yeah. But um, there's a oh. part there where they're where they're fighting, and uh, <laughs> Johnny Storm goes, "What do you know about losing control, Wolverine?" <laughs> Just like um, well, everything. Let me tell you about my berserker rages real fast. Uh, Let's sit down and have a dialogue about this. <laughs> right, right. In fact, I'll, and give me a couple of pages. I'll show you. You know, I'll, I'll cut off your best friend's face. Oh, um, and speaking of that, though, the page where he cuts the thing, I love that top panel where the Zeus room says, you could use a little tenderizing, and you can see that the invisible force <laughs> field is basically a meat tenderizer. Wait, wh- what? It's a meat tenderizer. If you look, look at the... Okay, look what at the page? Oh, I don't have number. There's no numbers uh, on the other page. Right, but it's the page where he cuts the thing's face. Page where he cuts the thing's face. Okay, so... That's at the bottom. 
It's right after the. the oh, oh, right, where, it's, where it's breaking his neck. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but look what he's seeing with. That's a meat tenderizer. That is. Oh, my gosh. I did not catch that. Good catch. That is fun. I like that. Yeah. That is cool. So that was nice touch. Yeah. Um, I, I like Sue's bedside manner when she sees him. Bend your face. It's it's horrible. <laughs> it's like thanks. <laughs> right. Poor Sharon. These this whole story arc. She's like, Ben, can we talk, please? And and to a fair point, because uh, I think it was issue three seventy three. When they're they're in the Arctic and they rescue rescue Alicia and Ben's like, well, you know I still love you. And Sharon's like, what? Um, so lots of lots of Fantastic Four family drama in these these stories here, which is oh, yeah. good, kind of classic, right? Yeah, yeah. And then Elijah shows up. Yeah. yeah. I like I, I have to say I do like Elijah. I mean, I wasn't thrilled yeah. with the idea of making Alicia a scroll at the time. But I do like Lyja. Right, right. I know she still pops up occasionally because she was in the recent uh, um, Future Foundation miniseries. Yes, and she actually just came back in Dan Slott's run to pose trouble between Johnny and his soulmate from the other planet. <laughs> Which soulmate is this? I'm sure he's had like a uh, dozen of uh, I think her name is Sky or something. Uh, so the, the Fantastic Four... Uh, and people have lots of opinions on whether SWAT is enriching the Fantastic Four lore or ruining it. But um, basically, they discovered that the cosmic rays are not an accident. They were sent from this planet that thought the Fantastic Four were coming to conquer them. And it was meant to like, discourage them from, from coming. And so at some point, Reed like, tracks it, and they go back to this planet, and they... They help lead, lead a revolution or whatever, and and there's this this warrior with wings, and she like soul bonds with Johnny Storm, and then she comes home with them, and then they kind of trying Johnny's trying to figure out well what does it mean to be soul bonded <laughs> like like am I in love with this girl or not, and then and then the last issue Elijah shows up and like oh by the way I'm back I love you and he's like uh what. <laughs> mm-hmm. But I'll, yeah. I'll get to that eventually. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I like Swap for the most part. I definitely uh, am not a huge fan of him uh, making Franklin not a mutant anymore. But you know, whatever. But I really like RB Silva's artwork, and he's the guy drawing it right now. So um, good, good stuff on the okay. visuals. But yeah, back to back to 1993. Um, I, I like the matchup between Ghost Rider and Human Torch. Hellfire versus Cosmic Fire. It's pretty fun. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's a pretty, pretty solid, just drama-packed, action-packed issue of Fantastic Four. Yeah. No, this is this was definitely a lot more enjoyable after after reading Secret Defenders. Yeah, for sure, for sure. I mean, this is not considered the best run of Fantastic Four, but it's not bad. No, not bad. Honestly, I think a lot of the issues with it is probably the fact that the time period was out and with so many hot titles coming out, they were probably trying to think of things to desperately get people to pick, try, try uh, right. to read. Because images starting, the X-Men are so super popular at this point. Right. Doing the Spider-Man clone stuff is, is, should be starting up pretty soon. So, 
Yeah. You know, this is the era of let's try and, you know, do stunts and things to get people paying attention, you know, paying attention at all. You know, the foil covers and Sue's costume and things like that. Right. Well, and and they're even kind of self-aware about it because I don't remember what issue it was, but it's it's a couple issues before this where Johnny's like, well, it's the 90s. We got to be tougher. <laughs> and like he he says that in the comic. Like, okay, yeah, they they know what their struggles are with this book, and they're they're definitely trying to do something to address it. And you yeah. kind of saw the same thing with Thor, right? With like Thunderstrike and the the uh, Blood Axe guy, you know? Oh yeah, the new Executioner. Yeah. 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 Which at least he is visually very interesting. So. Yeah. But. All right. Well, what do you want to grade Fantastic Four 374? Um, I think I'm going to go with this one as a good – this is a 4.5. Okay. This is yeah. a d- pretty decent issue, but you know nothing too – like this is not a standout – it's going to stay in my head forever issue, but right. damn good. Yeah. Yeah, I'm going to give it a very solid 4 out of 6 claws. I kind of flirted with the 5, but I like Paul Ryan, but I don't love Paul Ryan. Yeah. So – Kind of where I landed there. Um, so I originally asked Al to read 375, and we did, because Wolverine is listed as being in the comic. And I knew it was just a brief wrap-up from the previous issue. I did not realize until I read it that it's actually just a re. So the first page of this issue is the last page of 374. Like, thought word balloon by word balloon, panel by panel. <laughs> yeah, and that's it. And that's it. So I'm gonna I'm gonna blow through this pretty quickly. Um, it is 375, which is obviously an anniversary issue. Um, you know, it's by the same team, uh, except for there's an extra letterer, uh, Rick Parker, um, who helps with the lettering because I guess there's a lot more <laughs> in this issue. Um, and of course we have. Uh, so on this cover we have a sexy costume a leather jacket, and a prism gimmick cover. This is so 90s. <laughs> and what's the other thing everyone has? Big guns. Big ass guns. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> now, I was trying to look. Yeah, even Reed's jacket has pouches. So uh, Yes. Got many pouches. Yep, he has all the pouches, some might say, as a shout-out to our friend John. Yeah. Um, but yeah, um, okay, so... so to make this short, on Moonbase Watcha, the FF Sharon Ventura uh, and Lija uh, confront Cosmic Doom. The tide turns and the Inhumans show up. Black Bolt overloads Doom's cosmic armor, causing it to explode. And by the way, we get the same thing's face, and it looks pretty gnarly, and he gets a helmet. Yes, which I think is supposed to be the same helmet he had in like issue two. Oh, really? Okay. Yeah, because when he gets it, it looks like they're in like kind of like a, almost like a museum, yeah. of FF stuff, and that's it was supposed. That, okay, like, if that you makes like, sense. Two or three, he's wearing a helmet briefly. Right. Yeah. No, that makes sense. I didn't. I didn't think of that, but I think you're probably right. Um, I, I will say why I, still question Wolverine cutting his face. It does look pretty messed up. Yeah, and, and I like the I like the idea that when he's fighting later and gets hit in the face, that it really hurts him. Yeah, it's causing damage, and that where he cut him is like you realize if Wolverine made it a quarter of an inch lower or higher. I forget which I'm on the page right now. It would have cut his eye out. 
Right? Yeah. <gasps> he could have had a patch, too. They could have been patch brothers. Oh, patch buddies. Oh, man. Opportunity missed, DeFalco. Come on. Um. <laughs> awesome patch bros. Yep, awesome patch bros. They could have, oh, had, a, could have had a crossover fight. Wolverine the Thing versus Doctor Strange <laughs> and Iron Man. There you go. <laughs> yeah, the awesome facial hair bros. Yeah, totally. Exactly. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, this is another. Uh, I know we're kind of shortchanging it a little bit, but it was a pretty fun issue overall. No, I, I, I like this issue. This is still pretty good. It was a good issue, good fight. Bring in the Inhumans makes sense. They're on the moon, but also, you know, they have big ties to the Fantastic Four. So bring someone right. like that in for the anniversary. Yeah. My one problem with the issue was Sue's character a bit in this. It's not so much her being angry. Stuff's happening. She's angry. I get it. Right. But she like wants to be not bothered with this, and it's like. You know, it's like let do like let the watcher deal with Doom on his own. It's like Sue, you should realize by now, all of Doom's plans boil down to the same thing: one, get unbelievable cosmic power; mm-hmm. two, kill Richards and the entire cursed FF. That's you, right? And your brother. Even if you're pissed at your husband, even if you don't, if you, even if you're at the point where you want to divorce him, you don't mind if he dies. Let's just go with that. That she's that mad, right? That's you and your brother. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So when but, Doom starts getting incredible power, you should be stopped. Like it's like okay, let's get whatever else is happening. We gotta stop Doom first because he's just gonna try and kill us. It's what he does. That's right. his hobby. Yeah. That and monologuing. Yeah. Exactly. It's like, come on, Sue, come on. Yeah, come but um, but the costume and her attitude and everything is all eventually attributed to the piece of malice that resurfaced in Infinity War, right? I don't recall. Okay, I'm gonna keep my eye. I'm gonna keep reading FF past this, though. So I'll maybe I'll I'll let listeners know when I get to it. But um, yeah, I think I think that is all kind of hand waved all this uh, character turn away eventually. But I couldn't be wrong. And if anyone knows, feel free to spoil it for us. That's fine. You can uh, write yeah. in and let us know. Yeah, but, I don't recall. I was. I remember I was paying attention the previous issue at least a lot in this one to see if Reed was like, why, you know, she's being cranky or something. But he was kind of like saying, well, she's a right to be angry. There's a lot of stuff happening. She's pissed. Right. I understand. So right. that was kind of good. Yeah. It wasn't just like, oh, woman is angry. <laughs> right, right. It wasn't a complete regression in the 60s. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Ben didn't threaten to bend her over his knee and spank her again. That's good. Yeah, exactly. Right. <laughs> All right, well, um, I gave 375. It's kind of the same as 374. A very solid four out of six claws. I enjoyed this more than that one. I'm giving this a five. Awesome. I had a lot of fun with this. Very a good. nice anniversary. A lot of stuff happened. Big, cool fight against Doom. Yeah, awesome. Well, I'm glad. I'm glad. I'm glad we got to end on a high note a little bit after yeah. after Secret Defenders not living up to his promise from the first issue. Um. Yeah, it's like <laughs> each issue that went down. It's like, right. Uh, uh. <laughs> awesome. Well, Al, thanks so much for uh, talking these issues with me. Why don't you tell everyone where they can find you? Oh, sure. You can find me uh, mostly every other week. On my own show, Resurrections and Adam Warlock and Thanos Podcast. It's all about, well, Adam Warlock and <laughs> Thanos. I mean, it's in the name. Why are you asking these questions? <laughs> uh, it's just obvious. 
So right. you could just type in Adam Warlock or Thanos, whatever podcatcher you use, or type in like Adam, uh, go to resurrectionsadamwarlock.tumblr.com. And of course, you can find me on Twitter at, 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 at Adam Thanos Pod. Awesome. Very good. And I highly recommend our show. It's a lot of fun. Um, I will say, you know, I think I mentioned this before when you were on that I enjoy your episodes, whether I've read the material or not. But going back and re-listening to the 70s stuff after actually reading the issues is even better. So um, really love the show. And yeah, and I'm happy that you were able to come on and, and talk with me tonight. So I really appreciate it. Oh, it's always fun to talk with these weird stuff anyway. Yeah, right. Awesome. Well, um, so for the podcast that goes into course, you can uh, like the Facebook page. Twitter is at Snickcast. Um, I don't know what will be next, but the next flashback episode, whenever that is, is going to be a ton of random appearances. I'm going to smack a whole lot of 1993 guest spots and stuff into one episode um, <laughs> just to kind of play some catch-up. But um, then, of course, we'll we'll get back to the Reign of X stuff with the Scowl Bros as well uh, pretty soon. So um, all that's kind of coming down the pike. But, um, yeah, um, just thanks to Al and everyone out there, guys, still, uh, you know, in the times we're in, please stay safe, stay well, be smart. Um but yeah, any uh, any parting words of wisdom, Al? Uh, yeah, it, stay safe, everyone. Still, don't forget, still, wash your hands, wear a mask. Yep, for sure. Even though in Texas we don't have to, uh, maybe still choose to. Yeah. <laughs> so. Or at least awesome. stay distant, at the right. very least. Yep. Very good. Well, all right. Well, until next time, everyone, hugs and snicks. Bye-bye. And snacked. <laughs>